politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen, to the extent you still exist, to the one and only CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today, Wednesday. It is the 22nd of June, the day that the Battle of Okinawa was completed, by the way. One of the greatest battles ever. They fought to the last man. And they, our military, that is, were victorious. Now we have a military full of transgenderism, anti-Christian dogma, and working for other countries, not our own. Folks, what occurred last night could be a blessing in disguise, as Biden says about our energy crisis that he created, in the sense that if it's a teachable moment where our voters will finally understand that the Republican Party is not weak, it's not pale pastels, it's not that it's scared of the media, that they are part and parcel of the communist assault on our country, our bodies, our values, our economy. That as the Democrats are the hostage taker with the knife against our throat, the Republican Party is the lookout watchman to make sure that nobody effectively comes and saves the victim. If you recognize that, then maybe it's worth it that we had this big gun control betrayal. Otherwise, I don't know if our people still get it. But more than discuss the details of the bill, which more or less is what we expected, again, more than Second Amendment, it's First Amendment, Fourth Amendment problems, at a time when they're arresting people that they disagree with, political persecutions, this literally red flags both you know average people and gun store owners to just screw with them without due process. You know that already. But I think what's more important are the circumstances and the comments made by the Republicans that supported it. And it's not just the 14 Republicans who went and voted to proceed on a bill within an hour after the text was dropped, in itself a clear sign that this all subterfuge against us. But I guarantee you there's many more than 14 Republican senators that are just fine with this. You know, they're just not willing to pick a fight with our people. When are we going to realize that simply voting Republican is not only not enough, but it is part of the problem? Think about this. Right now, given the destruction of our country at the hands of the Democrats, given how unpopular they are, if you had a clean slate, if you wiped the Republican Party, let's say right now it didn't exist, and you had the Democrat Party doing what they're doing, and you start a time clock, go. Here is a time to fight. Here are some elections. You would have a new movement arise that would crush them. We cannot enjoy that. We can never reap those benefits because there is a Republican Party filling that vacuum and blocking the door, and it's by design. If you haven't heard already, it was reported on the Senate floor John Cornyn, who is the lead negotiator for this gun control bill, was high-fiving his colleagues, and he was caught saying, first it's guns, next it's immigration. And no, he doesn't mean getting the Democrats to sign on to deporting illegals. He means amnesty. He is a Texas senator while his state is being invaded. So I, the reason why that is so telling is because, like I mentioned yesterday, it's not a matter of, 
oh, Republicans are scared of the special interests. They're scared of the media. They don't want to be called names. That's conservatives. Conservatives are pathetic. Conservatives are weak. Conservatives are the problem. The Republican Party is straight up one of two arms of this evil oligarch. And it's true of every Western former Democratic country where you have two main parties that are set up like that by design. In fact, I will go so far as to say that the Republican Party actually supports the Democrat policies even more than the Democrats do. Most of the Democrats don't believe in this stuff. They know COVID fascism is a problem. They know that you know, illegal immigration is not good for a country. They know that letting criminals out of prison will cause a crime wave. They're not stupid. They, they do it for power and control. <clears throat> the Republicans actually uh, believe in this stuff. They genuinely see if it's just political. Oh, man, we got all these children dead. The imagery. We got to do something. No, because every day more information comes out that it had nothing to do with guns and it had to do with the criminal police response. Everyone knows that. In other words, even when it's easy to fight, when you have the tailwinds, when Democrats' polling numbers are in the toilet, they give them freebies. So it's not because they're politically weak. They agree with it. They agree with it more passionately than, than the Democrats do. Like, I will tell you, you go to some of these fake Christian governors. Think of the people like Bill Lee of Tennessee, Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma, Lankford, a senator from Oklahoma. They believe it's their Christian duty to let criminals out of jail, to bring in Muslim refugees, to bring in you know illegals at the border. They actually believe in that more than the Democrats do. The joke is, everyone was like on Twitter last night, this was the one moment where some of my colleagues were like, yeah, we need primaries. Yeah, buddy, 15 years too late for that. Yeah, John Cornyn was just reelected, renominated with 76% of the vote two years ago. You got another four years on the clock. Okay? Yeah, we're going to primary him. Yeah? Show me where it's worked. Last night, we lost every single primary once again. Mo Brooks got crushed by the piece of garbage that Trump endorsed in Alabama, Katie Britt. So we have another McConnell Cornyn. Senator from the freaking state of Alabama. There you go. We're actually sliding backwards. We've had the worst primary election cycle ever. Because we have people who are not focused. They don't focus on the right issues. They don't focus on the right strategies, the right pressure to build, not just before an election, but every day in between elections. Focus local. Focus on state legislatures. Focus on the policy that's, policies that matter and the way they matter at the time they matter. The elections that matter. And, and the right strategies. Imagine if we had Ron DeSantis in every position, what the landscape would look like. Imagine if we stayed that focus, that, that focused. We don't. We are at fault. Could you blame Mitch McConnell and John Cornyn? Put yourself in their shoes. We walk in the house and we find our proverbial wife, you know, politically speaking, in bed, in our own bed with the other side. And rather than kicking them out, we're like, hey, you want a nice ice cold beer from the fridge? Hey, we got to make sure you defeat the Democrats. We, we care so bad. We really need a red wave. We need to vote for you in the general election. Literally, as they are 
I'm yupping it up with them in the bed. It's unbelievable. So you can't, if you put yourself in their shoes, why should they fear a primary? Do you know that primary challenges have failed 99.9% of the time? They're worthless. And the one chance we had was Trump, and now Trump has screwed us more than he's helped us. I'm done with him. It's disgusting what he's done to us. He's actually helped fill the swamp. One after another. But here we have them shooting up babies with poison. They have so much more poison coming down the pipeline we're going to talk about. You have the border. You have crime. You have the grooming. You have the destruction of our energy sector, controlled demolition of our food, energy supplies, the egregious things they did in Ukraine, the arresting of political opponents, basically infringing upon First Amendment. DHS is labeling all of us. And their answer is to work with them to pour lighter fluid on it. They're not... The problem is people cannot believe that you could have such a perfidious dynamic as the Republican Party. So they project their own hopes on it. Oh, the Democrats are doing this, so the Republicans are going to fight it, right? They are part of it. We're not talking about Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins. John Cornyn was the number two man in the, in the Senate for years. It's with the exception of a few people by accident get in there because there's no other party to go to. They're all bad and not weak. They're part of it because it all boils down to one thing I want to talk about. They know that at the end of the day, and they've said it, they say it openly, they could do anything they want to us and we will continue voting for them in the general election. They could literally empower the Democrats and pass for them and promote policies that the Democrats could never achieve on their own, yet we will vote for them in every election, every state, no matter the candidate, no matter what he does to us, because we don't want the Democrat to win. Until we break that cycle, it is our fault. That is the only solution at this point. I'm not saying every Republican in every state, every general election, but you have to show them that you are willing to do that and to at least try to recruit not just a negative, like, oh, so the Democrat will win, but someone running as an independent that we could back. And it only seems impossible because all of my colleagues, if they would get together and organize it, it would be very achievable. But they are stuck on the same paradigm because they're intellectually lazy, they're physically lazy with their time, their values are problematic, and all they care about is making money and getting on Fox News. And that's the truth of it. So today we're going to slay every golden calf there is. Now as I give you a 2020 vision on policy and politics... You also need 2020 vision in your eyes with all this garbage biomedical products out. One company makes the best eyewear around. And in fact, they're actually America's only conservative eyeglass company. Better spectacles. They're offering authentic German rodenstock eyewear um, exclusively for the first time in the U.S. They've created biometric intelligence glasses that's big 
it, it, they use 7,000 points in, eye, in people's patients' eyes, um, over a million patients, I believe, they did in their study uh, to create an algorithm in their creation of these glasses that will give you a seamlessly natural experience, works perfectly with your brain. You want to know why I'm sharp? Because I have sharp vision from Rodenstock, including up to 40% better eyesight at near and intermediate distance. So if you want what I have, go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative to schedule a teleoptical appointment. Look, you don't even have to leave your home. Don't settle with your eyesight. Go big with biometrical intelligence glasses from Better Spectacles. If you go to betterspectacles.com slash conservative, you'll get 61% off their progressive eyewear plus free handcrafted rodenstock frames. Again, that's betterspectacles.com slash conservative. So, folks, the 800-pound gorilla in the room is one thing. They know they can do anything they want to us because we will always vote for them. They will always, we will always vote for them. That has got to change. That has got to change. We should be focusing on pressuring our local legislators every day of the week on an affirmative vision like I'm doing every day on every issue. I offer, I have a piece out today on energy, what states could do on energy. You know, I'm the only one doing this. Every day we need that. Keep the pressure up, and that creates a climate for either convert or die. The problem is, like, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, look what John Cornyn did. Dude, Cornyn's been doing this for 15 years. You never paid attention. He's been pushing amnesty and screwing us for 15 years. I fought with him. He got reelected with 76% of the GOP vote last time. Renominated. Because nobody focuses on that. Because the conservative movement and conservative media is one big circus. And until that changes, this will never change. We gave away our leverage. We, we made it clear. GOP, we are your most loyal voters. There is nothing you can do to us. Oh, we're scared of the Democrats. No, I'd rather bring it out in the open. Again, I used to think that, yeah, the GOP was like, it's bad, but it's always, you know, in a general election, it's got to be somewhat better. It's not. In fact, the Democrats couldn't do what they're doing without the GOP giving them cover, enabling them, and absolving them of the sole liability of it. The GOP owns anything big they own with them. And again, you have to understand we're not governed by static legislation. We are governed by the next big thing, which will occur with greater frequency with Republicans in control. And Republicans will find an even greater urgent need to react to it. And when they react to it, they react to the issues and in the way the premise those issues are given over based on the media Democrat premise. John Cornyn hates you. But I have news for you. John Cornyn is reflective of 90% of elected Republicans at all levels, especially at a federal level. Every, repeat after me, every GOP governor hates us except for the Florida governor. Every one. How do you have a state like West Virginia with Shelley Moore Capito voting on to gun control? Because we don't pay attention. And we're all focused on the Democrats when the Republicans actually more artfully 
pass what they can never do on their own. Remember, the Democrats could have never passed criminal justice deform without Republican buy-in. In fact, Republicans controlled the trifecta when they did that. Focus on the red state legislatures and on a specific agenda every day demand things. You know what? I'm making calls to some legislatures. We're going to talk about this to uh, follow the lead of what Tennessee is doing today. Uh, Tennessee House members sending a letter to their governor demanding that he pull the, the shots for babies and stop distributing them and recommend against them. Even if they're not in session at the time, they still have a voice. They'll still drive a media cycle. This is what we need to do. It's that. It's pushing for taking over the parties to um, abolish uh, popular primaries in favor of state conventions, representative conventions. So you represent someone from your neighborhood. Hey, hey, like I'm busy. I don't know who's who. I want the best conservative policies. But, you know, they all say they're conservative and they lie. Hey, you know the art of politics. You're involved. You get who these people are. You come represent me and you go to the convention and it's much harder. All of a sudden you're, you know, $3 million in industry ads don't matter because the finite number of people who are smart about politics and they get who's who and they get the games, they'll try to game it out. I'm not saying we'll win 100% of them, but right now we win 0%. And then concurrent with that is you need a strategy. You don't need a new party for this. In the states that are appropriate, when you can get a candidate that is impressive, could raise some money, and has a little bit of a broader appeal, like, imagine if we, we we ran someone in line with an RFK Jr. at this point. He's somewhat still liberal on some issues. But on most of the issues that matter at this point, he gets the oligarch. I'm just giving an example of what I mean. So you can get a broad support. Democrats have the least support they've ever had among swing and, and even some of their core constituencies. You could win a three-man race in a lot of states. You won't win all of them. And you have to be willing to at least take that risk. And then once you break that paradigm, two, three Senate governor races where you got an independent in on this agenda, boom, the whole fake game is over. You don't have to wait till you have 51 seats. The thing will collapse. And then you have the deterrent because the GOP knows they're done then. And let me give you one example. Pennsylvania. What did I tell you? This happens every time. So the Grand Pasha, the Mufti of, of, of Turkey, Oz, the Wizard of Oz, thank you, Donald J. F. Trump, gave us this guy. This is from Axios. Oz drops Trump branding in general election shift. Gee, who saw that coming? Mehmet Oz. The Republican nominee for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania is quietly shifting his campaign messaging away from former Trump President Trump as he transitions into what's likely to be one of the most hotly contested Senate elections in the midterms. Um, and, you know, they go through all the stupid things he's doing. Folks, this is the place to do it. I don't have a candidate offhand. I would not vote for that guy in a general election. And you know he's already like negative 40 among independent voters. This piece of garbage. And this is what they all do. They lie. They spend their efforts lying to us. At least the Democrats are honest. 
There is no reason to vote for any Republican that doesn't share your values. And yes, that is most of them. Anyone who believes otherwise is stuck on stupid and they don't understand what Republicans do, how government works, what we're confronted with. You flush this one cycle and the people would rebel. Here we are, the people are rebelling, they're clamoring, but they have nowhere to go and the Republican Party reaps that windfall, comes kind of like a lion pride. You know, let's say the Democrats are the alpha males, but the Republicans are the females which do the hunting and they bring back the loot for the for the pride, which is comprised of both Republicans and Democrats. Hey, buddy, we just secured Republican votes to get a majority. Hey, what do you guys want passed? Here, here you go. That's what it is. They're not weak. It's not pale pastels. Get off of that. They hate us. Cornyn relished in this. Could you imagine at a time like this, just think from a policy, moral, and and political polling perspective, being a Texas Republican senator saying that he wants to push amnesty now. Think, get inside the mind of a guy like that. And just understand, he is not an anomaly. He is very much the mainstream. He's, He's even regarded as a more conservative Republican on paper. That is what they are. Stop it. I used to be like that. I used to be a Republican. Oh, always vote for the Republicans. I I used to believe that. My father actually was on to this much earlier. He voted for Perot in 92, and I used to fight with him over that, and he was so right. So starting in 2012, I stopped voting for, I didn't vote for Mitt Romney. And you know what? I didn't vote for Trump either in 2016. Not from the never Trump end, from the opposite perspective. I figured he would dip our golden feces and, and, and we'd wind up with this. And, you know, for a while, people thought, oh, it looked like he turned out to be good. In the end, you look at what he's done with the primaries over the last few cycles, and you look what he did with COVID fascism. Are you kidding me? I was right in the end. Now, probably if I didn't live in Maryland, if I lived in an impactful state, I probably would have voted for him then. I mean, I voted for him in 2020. Um, but Mitt Romney, even if I lived in a swing state, I wouldn't have voted for him. I was done with that. McCain in 08, I still voted for him because I still, you know, didn't come to this way of thinking. But at some point, you got to get off of your stupid. So all, all these colleagues of mine, oh, it's terrible. Republican. Ah, what are you going to do about it, buddy? You're going to go back in 48 hours to the same rally around the flag. I am calling on every, anyone who has a voice in conservative politics. Let's meet. Let's have a constitutional convention-style meeting. We open with a prayer. We pray for guidance. And we start with understanding that what we are doing is not working. And that in itself is success. Because as long as you think that continuing a strategy that not only doesn't work, but it is one of the most impactful ways that backfires against us, and it's used against us, and it is one of the biggest reasons why we are where we are today, and that we need to plow a new path, that in itself is the first step to success. Stop digging. And believe me, you put all the minds together and and the voices, you could could change this so quickly. Look at what we did in Florida. You, you You could change the political climate 
of Republican politics, especially at a local level, so quickly, given the volatility of what is going on. Because the beauty is the Democrats, unlike the Republicans who do subterfuge, the Democrats are open. They're, they, they do it openly. And people are, are you know, horrified by it. But they don't know anything more to do than just, okay, I'll vote Republican then. You know, I feel bad for all these Hispanic voters that voted Democrat their whole life and now they're disgusted with them. They're like, man, I'm going to vote Republican. Boy, they have something else coming to them. <laughs> Welcome to the Republican Party. This is, uh, this is what, what you have confronting you. I'm telling you, they don't even wait two seconds to screw us. And again, you have to understand, Democrats rarely do earth-shattering things on their own. They rarely do. Obamacare was one of them, but I will tell you, even Obamacare is confusing because technically the final bill was only supported among Democrats, didn't have GOP buy-in, but initially what actually cascaded it, Republicans were negotiating with it. And, and to this day, Republicans supported the key things. Oh, guaranteed issue community rating. It was just like the individual mandate, a couple of things. They didn't like the taxes. They didn't like the funding mechanism of it. But the it, they liked. That was a whole other thing. They actually supported it. They voted against it because it was and, – and they'll often do that in the end or most of them. In that case, it was all of them. But the underlying premise, if they had a healthcare message that we had – it would have never gotten off the ground because the American people would have seen through it. But we can have that message because the GOP fills that opposition slot with a controlled opposition. And again, it's not a controlled opposition. It's not even a controlled opposition. It's straight up part of the oligarch. The conservative movement is a controlled opposition. I'm sorry. I'm just going to spew one truth bomb after another today. I'm sick of it. Mo Brooks literally was almost thrown in prison, blamed for January 6th because he stood by Trump's side and Trump stabbed him in the back. What a piece of crap that guy is. One after another, we have one rhino after another because of that guy. I'm sick of him. There's too much going on in this country to waste it on the capricious whims of a selfish SOB. It's all about him. It's all about him. And by the way, even the issue of election fraud. He only started, you know, they had trifecta. They could have done a lot on a federal level to fix up the motor voter law. I was pushing for it at the time. One of the many things I was saying, look, you have a trifecta. Do this, do that. And he did nothing. He only cared about it when it became personal because he was e easily able to blame his own failure on a stolen election. Now, again, I do believe independently it was stolen. But I do believe also it was closer than it should have been because he ran a stupid campaign and the country was in shambles because he signed on to COVID fascism, hook, line, and sinker. I'm just, I'm, I, I mean, move on from this. Fight on the issues, fight local, fight every day. And work to recruit something better. You don't say, hey, I'm for transhumanism. Oh, I'm Mehmet Oz running against, I guess, Fetterman's the Democrat in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm for transhumanism. Well, Daniel, the lesser of two evils. First of all, it's not even true. It's not lesser. That's what I'm trying to tell you. In many ways, it's worse, but it's, it's, it's at least the same. It's not even true anymore. That, 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 that analogy is not true. It's like saying, it's like saying, 
I don't want to kick in the door to save the hostage, you know, because you might risk shooting the door guard, which is the Republican. Dude, that's part of the hostage taker with a knife, his plan. That's part of it. Schumer, I have to dig up the quotes. Schumer has talked about this before. How the Republicans enable him to do what he would never be able to do. He talked about that when he was minority leader. So I'm just, I'm sick of this. The Republicans support the Democrat policies more fervently and more altruistically, by the way, than the Democrats do. The Republicans are so, I am pro-vaccine. Democrats are just like, hey, you know, pay for play for Pfizer and their buddies. Like, I get it. Republicans are like, they're, they're the losers. Actually, they actually believe the stuff the Democrats say. Yes, we need to do this. I'm, I'm sick of these fake parties. Fake arguments. By the way, kudos to Revolver, Revolver Magazine. They, um, it's a website. They have a featured piece out. The first people I'm seeing say what I'm saying suggesting, you know, I've been making fun out of to the extent Republicans will even fight transhumanism. So, so Democrats come and say, men are women. Men are women. There's no difference. You know, we're androgynouses. We're going to have, you know, males and female bathrooms. Um, we're going to literally mentally ill refer to a man as a woman. We're going to upend civil society in every way, you know, with transhumanism. And, and, and for a while, we couldn't get any response. And then just because of some news stories in sports, it was like, oh, my God, female sports is over. Oh, my. Like, are you what? They always to the extent you can even get them on something. They pick the most oblique, random thing. And I'm the only one who who slew that cow. I don't mind passing such a bill. But so they actually know, like, dude, that can't be the extent of our argument against it. The only ones I've seen make my argument. Because we don't believe in our own values. It's time we break away, cleanly declare independence from this entire morass. The Republican Party, conservative ink, and their nerdy way of thinking, pathetic way of thinking. What is it going to take? But here's the problem. It's an endless pit. Because the worst things get. And why do they get so bad? Because the Republicans are so perfidious and work side by side with the Democrats to enable them without legitimate opposition to even to continue to do worse things and with more devastating consequences. And then our people are even more, oh my God, I was terrified of the Democrats. We have to make sure the Democrats don't win. So it's a vicious cycle. The, the Republican dirtbags have a circuitous cycle of perfidy, failure, and betrayal where the more they betray us, the more they get our support in order to so-called battle the very people they're having gay sex with. I'm sorry, that's just how it is. Every one of them, until I tell you someone's good, they're not, okay? That's the rule of thumb. They're awful. Remember, John Cornyn is not regarded as more of a fringe kind of Susan Collins type. He is the muscle and meat of an elected Republican for the last 20 years. You, you look at any, anywhere, a Republican legislature, Republican governor, federal, anywhere, even county. Generally speaking, most of them are not going to be more conservative than John Cornyn. That's about 
kind of the median of where Republicans are. A little bit it's starting to change at a local level, and we can accelerate that. And it will continue to be that way. Now, I'm going to have a special guest on tomorrow in a pre-taped show because I have uh, jury duty. I was going to have him on today, but there's too much to talk about given what's going on that we will discuss you know, some practical ways of how do you start a local organization of accountability and pressure to get stuff done. We're going to work on that. But folks, you know, our listener Fred from Virginia sent me a good analogy. You know, we saw with the Uvalde school uh, video, the video of the interior with the cops there. It turns out they were in the building, you know, after a few minutes and they stood there for like 45 minutes and didn't enter the room. You know, they're standing there with AR-15s, probably had select M4s as well, body armor, ballistic shields, tactical gear, but not a single pair of balls. It's just like COVID tyranny. They have all this money, the right tools. We have the therapeutics to deal with it. Then we have the expert class. They stand by so people can die with zero accountability. And in fact, they block the people from saving lives, right? With COVID, they block people from doing that. And here, a similar thing. There's a story now that there was one father of a student who actually was a local cop. And he wanted to charge in there, and they blocked him, took away his gun. And he says, Daniel, as you always say, I'd rather have anarchy than this kind of anarcho-tyranny, which is also what Thomas Paine said in Rights of Man. The door wasn't locked. The shots don't work. Innocent people die. We're just expendable lab rats. And that's where we are now. It's the worst of all. See, typically, what happens is either something works or it's so bad that it creates a market for something new that will work. Kind of like, you know, you know, 99.9% of the time when people kind of feel like they're choking, usually they don't die, usually either they, they cough it up or they swallow it. So, you know, we have this problem. And we hope, all right, we could cough it up. We could avoid the Democrats. All right, but then worse comes to worse, it goes back the other way and they harm things so much, people clamor and you solve it that way. That's the analogy of swallowing the the piece of meat you're choking on. What the Republican Party does and exists for is, is as if they're like a mechanism in your throat to perfectly ensure that that piece of meat is lodged halfway perfectly in perpetuity that you can never cough it up, nor could you ever swallow it so you don't come to a resolution. I am telling you, everyone will be where I am at some point, but it will be too late. Too late. Just so tragic. And yes, you know, we, we, we do it. We have the babies shot up. Like, at some point... We've got to move on for, for on the stupidity like it's the 1980s, and it's like, okay, uh, let's talk about taxes. Let's talk about abortion. If you are not focused on the transhumanism, the biomedical tyranny, a worse violation of Nuremberg than Germany in the 1930s, then you are not pro-life. Okay? 
I'm just going to read you some some more things on the clinical trials with um with the baby trial. Pfizer, in their own words, the immune markers used for immunobridging do not need to be scientifically established to predict protection. That's literally what they wrote before injecting babies. It's truly unbelievable. By the way, another interesting thing that we saw. So do you know how all along we saw the UK um, Health Security Agency for, for a year, they were showing negative efficacy on getting COVID from the, you know, after you got the shots. And contrary to the lies that 99% of the people in the hospital were, you know, unvaccinated. No, in, in fact, about 80% were vaccinated. But still, if you would age stratify it, so let's say you like you have, uh, you know, people over 70, so like 98% got the shots, and let's say 90% or 85% of those in the hospital were, were vaccinated. So it would show, um, that would still be a pretty significant, you know, 50, 60, sometimes even 70% efficacy against critical illness, right? That, that's kind of what we're seeing. This is before Omicron, which, you know, it's straight up negative efficacy for critical illness as well. But something we always knew was going on was the selective testing of, of unvaccinated people. So um, this is from, uh, it's called the Israeli PECC. Okay? Um, you could follow them on Twitter. It's um, kind of a group of Israeli scientists P-E-C-C underscore E-N-G. Data skewing mechanisms to inflate numbers of positive COVID cases among unvaccinated individuals in relation to vaccinated individuals upon arrival at the hospital. A memo from the Israeli Ministry of Health to hospital directors indicates how that works. The memo from the director of the medical system ordered Israeli hospital directors to perform PCR tests only on unvaccinated. This bias contributed to the narrative that the unvaccinated are more likely to be hospitalized and died because of covid um, and they go through the different subterfuges they used for that. And there's no doubt that that was occurring in America and every other country. So there you have it, folks. There you have it. We were lied to every step of the way. Straight up genocide. And folks, we need to start working on what is a red state making red states red state legislatures great again because we need to interpose against this you know th- there's a trend going on right now and i'm going to i'm going to surprise you and again it shows i never change in my values but i do change in my strategic thinking because in any battle plan you have a value that you want your side to win and that's unending you think you're right they're wrong but your strategic playbook is going to be defined by the logistics of the battle lines. So a lot of states now are flush with cash from all the federal printed money. Um, Arkansas is likely going to have a special session on what to do with $1.2 billion surplus. That's serious money for a small state. Okay? And there's other states as well. And the fight now between a lot of the really good members and the bad members, the good ones want to give it back to the people. A tax cut, like we would typically do. I am, I'm actually opposed to that. We need to make red states stronger. 
I if we have extra money, I would rather use it because you got to fight power with power. The biggest threat to our lives is the dependence on federal money. That's what makes red states blue. So at a time when you're scrapped for cash and then you get so much, don't weaken your state revenue more. Use it for things like creating a state guard. Use it for bulking up oversight of vaccines and Pfizer, creating a vaccine injury program, a vaccine adverse reporting program, things like that. Think of interposition. Think of all the ways you have a weak hand against the federal government and how you could strengthen that. You can't, we're not going to be free with nothing. Right now, we have an albatross around our neck. If you don't utilize the doctrine of least magistrate to take those claws off of you, you will die. And the biggest thing is, we have now come to the point where nothing matters when it comes to the danger of these therapeutics, they could literally put hemlock in a shot, call it a vaccine, and it will get approval, and every doctor will recommend it. It will be distributed immediately everywhere. They have so much more lined up. Think about it. Put yourself in their shoes. They earn tens of billions of dollars from a failed and genocidal bioweapon. Why wouldn't they, and and because the mRNA platform, it's so easy to churn out for cheaper, why wouldn't they do it again? The answer is they are. So next week, the FDA is set to approve. Basically, they could have any COVID variant shot without a clinical trial. So Moderna just announced that they're going to ship it in August, a so-called Omicron shot. This is not over. Even a lot of these conservatives are like, oh, COVID's over with. Well, let's move on to taxes. What are you talking about? States need to put a cease and desist on this. You need to get with your legislatures. This is from SBS News in in Australia. Single-shot vaccine for COVID-19 and influenza one step closer for Australians. And they basically say within a year they're going to have access to a combo flu, covid and RSV shot, mRNA from Moderna. Do you understand those are the three worst things, respiratory viruses, that you could concoct a vaccine for? It will destroy your immune system. In fact, we've never had an RSV vaccine ever since the failed one in the 1960s, even you know a half a century later, because you can't. It creates antibody-dependent disease enhancement. That was the original textbook case of it. And it doesn't matter. It's straight up. Picture Joseph Mengele in Auschwitz. That's what you have globally now. Nothing matters. The amount of people suddenly dying and killing. You have studies straight up. Causes a reduction in sperm count. And I was wrong, by the way, on Monday when I said it rebounded after 150 days. That's the media's framing of it. You read the study, it doesn't. There's no evidence of that. And what are we going to do? Think of all the pilots being grounded. You know, everyone's talking about how all these flights are being canceled. Why are they being canceled? This is from our friends at uh, childrenshealthdefense.org. Sharp chest pains, myocarditis, and pericarditis, heart attack, strokes, subsequent blindness. These are just some of the many COVID-related adverse events reported by commercial airline pilots and by a growing number of advocacy groups representing aviation industry workers. 
According to these individuals and groups, the number of pilots speaking out about their vaccine in- injuries is dwarfed by the number of pilots who are still flying despite experiencing concerning symptoms, but not speaking out because of the culture of intimidation in the aviation industry. They obviously fear for their jobs. And uh, they go through this case of Stephen Hornsby, 52-year-old pilot. They don't say which uh, um, airline, obviously, but he's active. Was once an active weightlifter and cyclist, biking 10 to 26 miles a day. Veteran of the U.S. Marine Corps. Served in Operation Enduring Freedom. Per FAA requirements, he passed 24 medical exams in the past 12 years, including 12 um, electrocardiograms. Yet he told the defender, I've never had any cardiovascular issues in my life, nor have I ever had any major issues. I eat healthy, balanced lifestyle. He was coerced to get the shot. And after the second shot, I initially had zero issues with little more than light fatigue for a day or two. The 12th day, however, was the culmination of the vaccine and the continuous stress I was adding to my heart with rigorous exercise. Remember, it's actually those really healthy people get hit the worst because, um, you know, the cardio is going to bring out the latent inflammation. And then also, um, if you have a more active body, you have a more active cellular platform to kind of launch the lipid nanoparticles farther and wider than more of an an, uh, innate person. As he was driving with his family, he felt chest pains, pain radiated through my left arm, my heart rate spiked as if beating in my neck. Um, And basically, he was ultimately diagnosed with elevated blood pressure because they and the doctors refused to put it in VAERS. His cardiologist, after performing blood work, told him his heart was healthy. There was no problem. It was most likely stress or musculoskeletal problem, but not a cardio problem. And he thought he was going crazy. And it went on. It was only in December that his um, aeromedical examiner advised him to wear a halter monitor for one week. That is when I discovered that I had arrhythmia heart palpitations, irregular heart rate, and was occurring at night. And then, obviously, he was grounded. My heart was inflamed. It showed my uh, heart mildly dilated with fluid behind my heart. And, yeah, his career is basically over. They go through, they actually have several other very specific cases there. It's a long article. What are we going to do? What are we going to do about it? Well, if Republicans have their say, the answer is nothing. I cannot think of a bigger nightmare than this. Yet yet even a lot of these conservatives, they can't think outside of their stupid legacy issues. You know, Joe Biden just said yesterday, we need more money to plan for a second pandemic. This is a direct quote. There's going to be another pandemic. They're threatening bio-warfare on us. And yet we don't have a system in place, even in the red states, to expose this, block it, protect human rights, have oversight of these products, and push a different narrative. The same way we would do on tax policy in a red state. While every Republican is just, if not more fervently, supportive 
of this new mRNA mass-produced poison shot regime than Democrats are. Meanwhile, I'm sure you guys heard that the employees of the CMS agency tasked with enforcing the vaccine mandate themselves were exempted from the shots. It's truly unbelievable. But it's not. Because Republicans let them get away with it. And you know, just understand how fake the Republican Party really is. Okay, how fake they are. If you really had a party with any monogam of belief to it that is distinguishable from the existing party, it's like if you go through a holocaust with an oligarch in charge and then, let's say, restore democracy, you get to have elections, what would you be running on? Well, you would be screaming all about kind of like a Nuremberg Code, how to certainly uproot and then inoculate yourselves from that ever happening. And you would almost go overboard to really go another direction. And the biggest rallying cry, but tell me the number of candidates running on this, is repealing the 1986 Act and the PrEP Act of 2004, absolving these companies of liability. I mean, it's literally, that's what makes us lab rats, that the government could promote, fund, endorse, patent, market, and even mandate. Now, that that independently needs to be ended, and then absolve of liability? And you can never get discovery? You have millions of people harmed by this? Why aren't Republicans running on that? I mean, that is going to be a big priority of mine. Again, I'm going to fight mainly on, on state levels because the Republicans in Washington are a waste of time and they'll all hide behind the fact that Biden's president anyway won't sign it. But it doesn't mean that we can't you know, get people to introduce that and to start, uh, start making a splash about that. So that is definitely going to be one of easily my top priorities. And, and again, you know, there's something wrong with pharma. Certainly anything in the future is a problem. But how far back does this rock gut go? There's a new Oxford study out, I'm sure a lot of you have seen it, that of 1,567 eligible interventions, so they looked at, you know, almost 1,600 products, just 87, 5.6% had high quality evidence on first listed primary outcomes, positive, statistically significant result, and were rated by review authors as beneficial. This is a big problem. This is the biggest pro-life issue. This is this is just unbelievable. But, you know, where are Republicans? Instead, they're doing the opposite. There's actually an effort out. The FDA, there's an FDA reauthorization bill out of the Senate Health Committee. There's some provisions there that are going to put stricter scrutiny on vitamins and supplements. You know exactly what they're doing. Mugabe in Zimbabwe is banning them, and they're taking their cues from him. So there's definitely a lot of that going on. And obviously, we have no voice. So you have to look at the new issues. We're no longer dealing with, oh, man, what's the tax rate? You know, the, these legacy items. I wish we can go back to a time when it's like that. They're always like, Daniel, that's not a conservative issue to focus on. Dude, because they weren't arsing us. It's like, it's like, hey, let's say they come up with a new rule. We get to rape everyone, you know, one member of each household. And we're sitting in like 
debating and talking about that. Well, that's not a traditional conservative concern, Daniel. Well, yeah, no kidding, buddy, but this is where we're at. So you got you got to, iron's got to meet iron where the fault line is. And it's a similar thing here. So the other big thing, uh, part of the biomedical state, and it's not just medical, is the surveillance state. The New York Times had a whole expose out on China. Their surveillance state is growing bigger and more invasive. Um, they examined 100,000 government bidding documents on how they collect data on people um, and all the different technology they have. And they, they found, obviously, they, could, you know, they have the facial recognition cameras that capture as much activity on every square inch of land. They have them where people eat, travel, shop, inside places like hospitals, hotels. We need legislation that creates a, a criminal penalty, but also a private cause of action in court. If any entity of government is caught surveilling a human being without probable cause of having committed a crime, we need to shut down the surveillance state. That is the linchpin of this transhumanism, the biomedical tyranny, that's been a big, big part of this. And how you could have stories that the CDC bought phone data and tracked everyone's actions, and there's no outrage, no impetus to, to do anything. It's like every time there's something happens in the world, Democrats are like, we need legislation. And Republicans, as we see with corn and guns, yes, we need legislation. Boom. Put it down. Vote. Have the first vote within an hour of it on the floor. Done. And here we could languish two over two years into this biomedical holocaust, the Fourth Reich, and there's absolutely nothing being done. They're not even running on it. They're not even proud it's over with in their mind. When, of course, it's not over with. It's just beginning. Now, before we sew up today, I just want to end with one, one point getting back to the beginning in guns. You know, we mentioned it's particularly pathetic to get gun control and give them Democrats gun control without at least securing stuff on crime, on violent gun felons. So one of the points, yesterday there were a bunch of Supreme Court cases released. And once again, in two different cases, Gorsuch um, wrote an opinion basically gutting the Armed Career Criminal Act. Right, That was Reagan's big thing to get the gun felons off the streets. And every provision that references crime of violence they say it's it's unconstitutionally vague not good not good you, you, you know you know how gorsuch is i don't know civil rights title 7 of the civil rights act it says the sex-based discrimination i don't know what 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 that word means it might mean transgenderism even though it was written in 1964 i don't know right he makes everything complicated like none of us like vague statutes and delegation of authority but he takes it to such an extreme it's just pathetic so, be it as it may, be it as it may, over the last seven years, the Supreme Court has gutted the ACCA, and you have thousands of the most violent people getting lighter sentences, getting off. Where is the impetus to fix any of these cases, right, to rewrite the statute? At least get that for that. At least get something in return. But again, you won't... 
it's not in return because that presupposes that they share our values. They don't. I don't know how many times I need to say this. But at some point, you're going to have to realize you have to be willing to let go. Let go of that fear. At least with certain unacceptable candidates in a general election. And at a minimum, we should be working where it makes sense to recruit. I'm just telling you, Robert Malone lives in Virginia. Okay? If Robert Malone lived in Pennsylvania, you look at how horrible the polling rating is for Oz. You look how horrible of a person he is. I would totally run him as an independent. And he would be able to raise a degree of money and you know connections. A guy like that, he voted for Obama. Okay, he wasn't traditionally a conservative, but he totally gets what we're up against and would totally upend the political system. That's what we need. Every day I'm going to think of outside-the-box solutions, but you know we need help. But the first thing is getting this show to everyone. So again, I need you to send this to everyone you know. Tell them, turn off the empty calories. Whatever they're listening to, it ain't worth it. I'm not saying there's nobody good out there. There's very few. And certainly if they're listening to the legacy Fox host. I mean, even Tucker, he'll sometimes mention something once, but there's no follow-through like I do. There's no follow-through. And, and people don't, you, you have to be incessant about something for it to really grow and take off. And the fewer people you have doing it, you have to be even stronger. You know, obviously the, the, the masters of the universe with big tech, they have the ability to make something ubiquitous within 48 hours and have everyone talking about it and obsessing about it. We don't have that luxury, but, you know, we, we, we could definitely do it. We got to stay focused. We got to constantly adapt. God is calling upon us, our generation, to do something about it. Inaction is not an option. Repeating the same failed strategies is not an option. And putting your hopes in the Republican Party most certainly is not an option. And in fact, that is the road to destruction. Remember my analogy. That is the road to choking, to never coming up with a resolution. It's time we stop talking. It's time we start doing. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all. And thank you for listening. 